Let's go in-depth on Iowa State with the Des Moines Register. It's time, it's time for Cyclone Insider on 1460 KXNO. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. I'm Travis Hines, joined as always by the esteemed Randy Peterson on this Monday evening following Iowa State's 31 24 loss to Baylor, the Cyclones' first loss of the season to fall to 0 and 1 in the Big 12, 3 and 1 overall. And Randy, you and I talked about this on Saturday after the game in our in our podcast and in our live stream that I didn't feel like we necessarily got more clarity into who Iowa State ultimately is or is going to be this season, but I do think it was a little bit of a I don't know if reality check, but maybe a tempering of expectations after a three and zero start. That uh, this team has a considerable ceiling, but still has some things it needs to figure out before we can even you know start looking at them as somebody that could maybe nip on the heels of the perceived Big Twelve uh, front runners at this point in time. Yeah, yeah, Travis. Um, it's always good to join you. Um, always. Good to, to see your your shiny face as you drink coffee at six o'clock at night, but that's okay. Um, um, that's okay. You need your caffeine jolt at all times of the day. I get that. But anyway, um, two young kids, Randy. It's caffeine twenty four hours a day. I know, but at some point you're gonna have to do do a do a pod with you and Lucy about soccer. Oh my gosh, you've got a budding soccer star, and she's five years old. Yeah, we're uh, we're limiting her media appearances at the time being. You know, being a true. Like, oh, and okay, all that. so you're yeah. okay, so you're okay, good. No, yeah, okay, whatever, good job. Name, image, and likeness, you'd be rolling in it, dude. Um, okay, there's there's <laughs> um, you heard just as 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 well as I heard last week. Iowa State fans talking about the possibility of going. Um, starting starting after beating Iowa, the possibility of starting six and zero in the Big Twelve, or six and zero, which would be five and zero in the Big Twelve. I mean, having you know, with beating Baylor, with beating Kansas, with beating Kansas State. Um, yeah, I think I think what happened last last Saturday in Ames was was reality check, like you said. Iowa State still has trouble hanging with teams with speed. It was Hunter Decker's first. Um, Big 12 conference start, and it just happened to be against um, the defending champion and a team picked to win the conference. And to be quite honest with you, and I'm not even saying anything about the officiating here, if Iowa State wins the third quarter, Iowa State wins the game. I mean, Iowa State was horrific. In, in in the in the third quarter, I mean, 19 yards of offense. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. On the second play of the game, or the second play of the half. What? Throw an interception on the second play of the exactly, half. Exactly, exactly. And they fumbled in the second half too, I believe. So, or yeah. So yeah, exactly. So so if Iowa State, I mean, that's how, and the game was close anyway. I mean, thanks for Iowa State came back a little bit in the fourth quarter, but that's 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 what we're going to see. As we as we go forward in the conference, I mean, for Iowa State to be favored at Kansas, I mean, I, I kind of figured they would be, but but when I saw it, 
um, this morning, it was, it was, wow. Okay. And I, yeah, Iowa state matches up with Kansas. Iowa state's, you know, but this won't be one of those years where Iowa state has more fans at whatever Kansas stadium's called than, than, than Memorial. the Memorial Memorial. That's it. That, then, um, then, then Kansas spends at Memorial Stadium. So yeah, Iowa State's got a chance, got a great chance to win on Saturday. Um, and I, and I'll tell you what, Iowa State, I don't want to say had better win, but it's it's at that point right now where this is a very where the Kansas game is a very crucial game because the game after that is K State and K State beat Oklahoma at Oklahoma on Saturday. So that just that continues to show the wackiness of, of, of this conference and what every game is going to be. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you talked about, you know, after that win at Iowa, people looking at the schedule and being like, man, six and O seems awfully doable. And obviously like that gets blown up on the, the last week here in September, but it's easy to do that look ahead. And it, but it's also crazy to see how quickly that can totally flip on its head because now, after you lose to Baylor, if you're an Iowa State fan, you're looking at that schedule and saying, man, Kansas is pretty damn good. It's a road game. Like that one, it might not be a coin flip, but it's not the the no-doubter that it's been. Then you got Kansas State, who just beat Oklahoma. Then you're on the road at Texas and have, then have Oklahoma coming in here. Like it's not hard to look at that and be like, man, how many wins are on that schedule right now? But I think it's – we learned for the umpteenth time this weekend that while it's impossible not to do those kind of look aheads, that they're not really worth much other than discussions like these, because in the big 12 and all over college football, things just change on a dime. And it's going to be imperative for Iowa state to take Saturday and, and move it forward because I think Saturday is a winnable game. I mean, I think every game on their schedule is winnable for this team which is not, again, something we've said on previous iterations early in Matt Campbell's tenure and certainly before that. And it seems to be that Iowa State, in the recent past and for the foreseeable future, is going to be defined by whether it wins or loses close games, right? Like that has been the defining feature of success versus failure for this team, for this program at a macro level, is how do you win – if, if you win close games, you have special seasons. If you lose them, you have disappointing seasons, as we saw in 21 and 19, and then as we saw in 20, where they won those close games. And the reason I was so concerned, I would have been so concerned as an Iowa State fan in that Baylor game, is that those officiating calls early went against you. But I, other than that, which you can argue one way or another how much of that was controllable by Iowa State. But other than that, Iowa State had played pretty clean football to that point. And through three games, we've seen them have issues playing clean football for 60 minutes. So I was talking to our colleague, Chris Williams, at halftime and being like, man, like they've had a lot go against them that was out of their control. And what we've seen from this team is that they're going to have an issue within their control. And that would be what I would be concerned about is that you're already in the hole and you haven't even done the thing that you historically do to get into a hole. And lo and behold, we see second play of the game, a half, a fumble. We see that third quarter, 
that offense just be unable to do anything. And so to me that those big yawning issues that can derail games are going to derail Iowa state in these close games. They cannot have the level of struggle and adversity that they've had in some of these games and expect to win games is decided by a touchdown or less, as we saw on Saturday, as I'm sure we'll see on this next Saturday against Kansas. Cause I imagine that game will be close too, but you win or lose close games. And if you're going to have things like block punts, block PATs, an entire quarter where you disappear, I don't know that that's a conducive formula to winning close games. And here, yeah. And here, here's a couple factors that we've not seen yet. I've not seen, do, have we seen Jace Gilbert kick a field goal? I mean, are we confident that he can come in and kick a game-winning field goal of 47 yards, 49 yards, whatever? We haven't seen him at, then asked to do much, and we've seen him get a PAT block. Exactly. We've exactly. seen that. I don't want to put it only on the kicker, too. We've seen their, no, kicking, not at all. No, we've seen was, their special teams get a PAT block. Right. No, exactly. And while we haven't have seen – and this isn't to say Jace can't do it. We've just not seen it. We, it's not, he's not been in that situation. Does Iowa State also have a, have a home run threat? Maybe one home run threat that Iowa State had has. Last year, Brees. Year before that, David. Or Purdy, you know, Purdy throwing passes. <clears throat> I don't know whether Iowa State's got that this year. At least we certainly haven't, haven't seen it yet. Maybe Jirel is, is the closest thing to that. And we've seen spurts of that. Um, you know, he's got to hold on to the ball, but I'm, I'm not going to make a big deal of that um, yet. But um, yeah, I, I, I want to see the I want to see Iowa State's ability. Yeah, last Iowa State's had an ability to win close games, but I don't know whether they have that same ability this year. That's why I'm saying that that I think Iowa State's got to be up eight or so, whatever, late in the game. I think um, because I, I I don't know whether Iowa State can can score on on a moment's notice. I don't know if that if that can happen. Yeah, I mean, we we obviously saw them win the Iowa game in a close game, but even that came down to the literally the final field goal attempt by Iowa that right. should have never been an option. You know, if you're right. Iowa State, you have to put the you got to end that game earlier. You know, I think the guy yeah, you the didn't field, the, yeah. the guy you didn't mention in terms of a home run threat, I think, is Xavier Hutchinson. I think he has, you know, through four games, he has been yes. continually really strong. But otherwise, you know, I agree with you. I think everything is a work in progress, which we probably should not be surprised about for a team. But how long does a work in progress last for five or four games into it? At yeah, but point? like there's only two real games, right? Like th- that's part of the problem with playing a SEMO in Ohio. I gotcha. like, yeah. Those that those are 120 minutes of like an elevated scrimmage, right? Like those are not super high quality opponents. We've seen 120 minutes of high quality opponent football, and those games have both been decided by one score. You know, one in Iowa State's favor and one not. So I think we're going to learn a lot on Saturday. I, I do think, you know, just like yeah. I said, I don't think we got a ton of clarity from Iowa State on who they are, who they can be and in Baylor. I think the Baylor game coupled with what looks to be a solid, well-coached Kansas team 
on the road coming off a loss is something that could provide a lot of insight onto who Iowa State is and can be this season. And Randy, I think the other team over at Iowa State that we're going to be really interested to learn about who they may be is the Iowa State men's basketball program in year two under TJ Otzelberger. And we're going to talk about them and the season ahead for the Cyclone men when we return on the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNL. Everything you need to know about Iowa State, it's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNL. Welcome back to the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNL. Travis Hines and Randy Peterson here. If you miss any of our discussion earlier about the Iowa State football program, it's lost to Baylor over the weekend. And it's a showdown in Lawrence with Kansas this weekend. Be sure to check us out wherever it is you get your podcast. But we're going to uh, switch sports here and talk a little bit about the Iowa State men's basketball program who are able to get underway with practice for the first time today, Monday, September 26th. And it's going to be interesting to hear what TJ Otzelberger has to say about his team in the coming you know, weeks ahead of that season opener. Sweet 16 last year, one of the more improbable seasons I can remember, certainly ever covering, and maybe just remembering in quite some time, going from 2-22 and to the Sweet 16, you know, really in spite of so many deficiencies within that team offensively, uh, doing it on the strength of defense. I think that'll be the blueprint again this year, Randy. It's a brand-new roster for the most part after the – departure of a number of players, most notably Tyrese Hunter and Isaiah Brockington, a new crop of transfers, a, a trio of true freshmen in uh, TJ Otzelberger's first true recruiting class. But Randy, you look at this team and I don't think there is, it is blessed with a whole host of firepower offensively. I think it's again going to be an effort in defense is going to carry the day for Iowa state this season. Um, more of the same from last year, I think. That's got to be the blueprint. It'll be really interesting to see how fans and Iowa State basketball stakeholders view this season because last year was so out of the blue and completely blows up the timeline of a rebuilding program that I'm really interested to see, A, if Iowa State can repeat that success, and B, whether they do or not, how it affects the the long-term big-picture view of this program under TJ Otzelberger. Yeah, there's there's so many, there's so many questions um that that to answer. I mean, like you said, who's who's gonna fill the who's gonna fill the scoring? Who's gonna run the point? I mean, has Jeremiah Williams is he, he I know he wasn't healthy at some point during the offseason, but is it him? Um, how much will Taman Lipsy play? Kid from you know, kid from Ames, for example. Um, I think while last year the Brockington and and um Tyrese Hunter um were the catalysts of this team. I don't know where you get that other than okay, maybe maybe Gabe, maybe Jazz. I don't how much and how much will will Robert Jones play in the post now that uh I'm not gonna say the guy's name, so I'm I'm not even gonna try. Oh soon. Um now but as soon's in there at 6'10". 
blocking shots and 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 plugging the middle. I'm excited to see this Iowa State basketball team. Do not get me wrong. Do not get me wrong. Um, is an NCAA tournament reality? Sure, absolutely. If, I mean, if he could, if they can get to the Sweet Sixteen last year, in his first year after, if they can win 22 games after losing 22, I think they won 22 actually. Then, then yeah, this team could get to the NCAA tournament certainly. But but beyond that, there's there's still some a lot of a lot of things I want to see, and there's still a lot of things that need to be ironed out. Like I said, the point guard, who does play the point, Travis? Who do you think? I mean, I think if healthy, it's Jeremiah Williams, the, the transfer from Temple. He's had a sh- lingering shoulder injury mm-hmm. that kept him off the the floor all summer long, and you know from last year. So we'll see what that injury status is going forward. But obviously that's concerning if it's kept him sidelined for that long. And if it's not him, then it's likely going to be a pair of freshmen in Tame and Lipsy and Eli King. That's who ran it all summer long right. during practice for Iowa State. It wouldn't shock me. And we saw Gabe Kelsher run a little point last year uh, when Tyrese Hunter would go to the bench. You know, I think that they can be – it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we don't obviously have a great grasp of all the skill sets for these players because we haven't seen them in Iowa State uniforms before, but I think Iowa State has some length that will be interesting to see what they do and if they try to translate that into point. But, you know, Randy, the two names that I heard most prominently this summer as players to watch out for in terms of having maybe more upside than people thought was Jaron Holmes and Demarion Watson, the freshman. Yeah. It's, it sounds like Jaron Holmes is the guy – you know, if all goes right, could be that leading scorer type player. You know, if what he was able to do this summer translates into Big 12 play. But I heard a lot of really good things about where he was this summer and where they're hopeful he can be this winter. Demarion Watson, I think, was a huge recruiting win for Iowa State to get somebody that had profile within a major AAU program up in the Twin Cities area that Iowa State really wants to be able to go up to and be a credible player in the recruiting scene. and But he was a guy that people felt like the upside was tremendous, but the risk factor was maybe a little higher. You just you weren't quite sure how it would all come together for him at the next level, a little bit more raw as a player. And the early reports that I've heard this summer is that the ceiling is much more apparent than any question marks he had, you know, like any true freshman has coming onto campus and that the people are very excited and bullish about his future at Iowa state. So we'll see again this winter and after, you know, fall practice, you know, sometimes what happens in summer is not necessarily the same thing as what happens in fall. And certainly uh, once we get into November and the games start mattering. I kind of like Eli King too. I'm sorry to inter- to interrupt yeah. you there. I like this freshman class as a whole, to be honest with you. But but I kind of like Eli King too. And you were talking about Demarion; they were teammates on the AAU team. No, Taman and Eli were teammates on their AAU team. Demarion Watson uh, played for Sizzle, I believe, while Taman and okay. uh, Eli played for D one Minnesota. Um, but obviously, they're all very familiar with each other, having you know run in the same Midwest AAU basketball circles for for years. Yeah, I, I, um, I'm just looking at Demarion's thing. Okay, it's it says where he was a teammate with Eli King. Okay, anyway, um, but anyway, yeah, I, I'm I'm 
I'm cautiously optimistic about this team. I mean, and then plus what this program has coming in the following season, but I guess we should probably shouldn't get too far ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> but let's see how these guys do coming off of off of their injuries. I mean, did Caleb Grill, how much did he participate this offseason? Um, I know he was he was injured during the summer um, a little bit. I, I, I know that that uh, pretty sure Gabe's Gabe played throughout the summer. Um, I've, I've poked my head in there a couple times and, and, and you know, he was out there and energy looks high as it, as it always did. I I'm really curious about, about Osun. I, I really, um, um, man, if he's, if he's what he's cracked up to be as far as, as far as a defensive stopper, like, that's that's going back a ways for Iowa State to have that that really a really strong force um, in the in the middle. Um, and as you know, as we all know, Iowa State gave up points in the paint the last couple of years because they haven't had a strong presence in there. So with the soon and Robert Jones, yeah, I'm 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 I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them. But but here again, and I don't have any questions about the defense. I you know if they could pull that together out of their pants last year. Um, you know, I think, I think defense is, is going to always be the calling card of, of, of TJ's program, but I, I want to see, you know, here we go again, the elephant in the room, and it's not even the elephant in the room. It's the, it's the room. Can Iowa state shoot it? Well, you know, we've, we've, we know not to believe what we see, um, as far as stats are concerned from previous places. Um, so I guess, I guess we just have to see because if this, we know this team will play defense, we just need to see if they, if they can shoot it. And, and I guess we never know. Yeah. Lots of question marks when you had the roster turnover that Iowa state had and when it was evident to anybody that Iowa state was going to struggle last year, then they went and went undefeated in the non-conference and you know, competed in the Big 12 and made it to a Sweet 16. So it's hard to make preseason predictions when you just saw the, the very same program with the very same question marks absolutely blow up preseason predictions just 12 months ago. So it'll be interesting to see you know, where this program is in year two. Certainly is going to be uh, fascinating to watch one way or another. Again, they get uh, started on practice this week before opening the season in November for year two under TJ Otzelberger. For Randy Peterson, I'm Travis Hines. This has been the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNL. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.